player. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy March to you, everybody. What a beautiful day it is outside. Better than what we got yesterday in that snow and that rain. That was a surprise. And guck. No, it wasn't. You said on Friday we were getting snow. Uh, but I was expecting the storm to hit later Sunday. I wasn't expecting to wake up and have five inches of snow on my lawn. Yeah, that's that was lame. But it is March. It's March 2nd today, 401. Your start time here on the Full Court Press. Eric Franson there. AJ Salveson here. You are wherever you are. Grateful to have you joining us, however, and wherever you are listening from on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. You can be involved in our show on uh, by texting in at 435-339-0321, 435-339-0321, or you can call in at 435-752-1069. An extremely shortened show today is the Jazz get ready for the Cavaliers in Cleveland. First game of a East uh, East Wing trip uh, for the Utah Jazz, and so they'll be on the road. It will shorten our show for uh, three of the five days that we have, and uh, we'll get you ready for all the Jazz action going on. But we also have a lot to recap over the weekend, a very ugly weekend for Utah State Aggies, a heartbreaking weekend for the Skyview Bobcats, and uh, a good weekend for the Utah Jazz, who finally uh, – I feel like they got a little bit of momentum going into their uh, East trip uh, coming up. But, uh, Eric, first off, um, how was your weekend? I'm, I must ask. How was your weekend? Was it okay? My, my weekend was good. Your weekend was good? Yeah. Better than uh, the Utah State Aggies, who uh, go to New Mexico in Dreamstyle Arena in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and fall, shockingly, to the New Mexico Lobos. I say shockingly, and we talked about it. This is a tough place to play at. A lot of crazy things can happen. And it was pretty steady for the most part until Abel Porter with a flagrant two foul got ejected and things just went to hell after that. Utah State had a 14-point uh, lead at one point. Eric, you had turned off the game and decided to watch a really good movie, The Dark Knight, with your family. <laughs> Thought nothing of it. Didn't even remind I... yourself about Boise State at Taco Bell or Exile Mile Arena. Yeah, I know. Just moved on. Aggies were up by 14. They looked like they were in control. Like, okay. New Mexico stinks. Aggies have this one. Kids have been bugging me. They want to watch this movie. If we're going to do it, we got to do it now. So we did. Because it's a long movie, by the way. <laughs> it's longer than they had all anticipated. We watched the movie. It's great. One of the classics. All-time greats. Turn it off. Getting kids to bed. Just have to pull up my phone. Wait, what? Where's my glasses? Did I get that right? Utah. Wait, Utah State lost by two? So flabbergasted to see that Utah State lost. But the net rankings haven't really punished the Aggies very much. Surprising. Yes. Dead on surprising to me. 66-64 is your final, by the way, at Dreamstyle Arena. Aggies now will enter the Mount West Conference Championship as the number two seed. We'll get into that in just a bit. Uh, Eric, let's start with the game first, though. Aggies were on a roll there. Sam Merrill got going. Uh, uh, a Deck or Keta Dunk, a Sam three, a Brock Miller three, a Keta Dunk, and this I mean this team was rolling. Up by fourteen, they call a timeout. I texted a couple of individuals. I said, You New Mexico is gonna make one more run at this. They're gonna try one more time to make a run. If a three or a Keta Dunk is in response to it, they're done. They're abs- the, this game's over. Well then all of a sudden, 
All of a sudden, a 9-0 run, back-to-back-to-back threes. Jackson, McGee, and Edwards all hit back-to-back-to-back threes. This game goes from 14-5. to I texted my friends and said, this game's over. We're going to lose. Uh, that, that's what's so frustrating. Is it this? I'm beginning to wonder about how Utah State played at Air Force, how they lost at Boise State, how they lost at New Mexico, is less of a personnel issue. And should be more, and we should be more critical of the coaches. That's a good point. I, I, I like that they made the the lineup change. They started Diogo Brito. They brought Brock Miller off the bench. It worked well in the last home game. I could see the the philosophy of let's do it this way uh, on the road again, and it was working for a good part of it. But they couldn't stem the tide. You knew that it's their ho- it's their senior game. It's their home last home game. And it was pretty full too, by the way. They've that was a hostile down. atmosphere. They played some close games. I don't want to take too much away from Mexico because even in that six seven game losing streak, whatever it was, they did have a couple of games that were to the wire. Yeah. So we we knew they were a competitive team, but they're not a great team. Aggies led fifty two thirty eight with about just under twelve to go, eleven forty six to be exact. They go on a twenty eight to twelve run to finish it off. In fact, Eric, they went on a seven to one run to end the half. They went on a seven zero run to end the game. They held the Aggie scores for the last one minute and fifty nine seconds. Uh, in fact, when uh, Brito had scored four straight points to put the Aggies up sixty three fifty nine with just less than two minutes to go, that was the last field goal they had for the rest of the game. Again, a 7-0 run by New Mexico gave the lead back for good to the Lobos. Uh, the biggest problem for me and the biggest concern and the biggest annoyance that the Aggies had, and again, you can text into the show and agree or disagree with me, the 17 turnovers were just atrocious, really bad. I mean, you had the one where Keta goes to uh, just a high post, uh, a bounce pass to Keta from Brock Miller. Kind of goes back to Brock, but Brock had already took off going to another way, and it just bounced out of bounds. You saw Craig Smith's frustration just emancipate from him after that. Uh, New Mexico shot pretty well from the field. They were 40, uh, 44%, 26 to 58, but Eric is what they did from downtown. They were 10 to 24 from deep, Eric. 50% from the free throw line as well, 4 of 8. Utah State shoots 40%, 47% from the field. They were 36 from three. They were seven of 19 from deep. Brock Miller was actually pretty good, though. He went two of four. Uh, the Aggies out-rebounded the Lobos 37-27 and shot 77% from the charity stripe. Eric, it just mind-boggles me. Up 14 against a team that is struggling, who was really just on life support with about 11.46 to go. Just throw a set, and and my... And, Coach, I think it's Paul Weir. Is, is that right? Paul Weir's Coach Weir, whatever. Coach Weir. Uh, said to his team, he actually said this in the post game. I told my guys, hey, let's see if we've got one more run in us. Just give us one more run. And let's see if we can somehow whittle this down to, to six. He was asking just a six. His team gives him three straight three pointers, and it's down to five. And that's when I think Aggie fans had that flashback of Boise State and. Again, I mean, it wasn't as miraculous as Boise State, but it was still pretty stunning nonetheless. Aggies give up this game. And now, Eric, as you mentioned, people's reaction after that was, well, there goes the at-large bid. Well, we're not going to the NCAA. Well, we got to win it out now. Oh, wait, if we lose to anybody except San Diego State, we're out. Now, it's not that, I mean, I'm not trying to close the door on those ideas and thoughts, but... Joe Lenardi immediately after the game had put up a bracket and Utah State was in it. 
Now, granted, they were in as a playing game, but they were in it. And then the next day, he put him in again. Today, he has him still in as a playing game. Most recently, this morning, they're playing Wichita State in Dayton. Winner goes to Cleveland, Ohio to face the uh, Iowa Buckeyes or Hawkeyes. Are you surprised? Um. Well, uh, mixed. Uh, on one hand, I, I am surprised to still see them in. Um. After a loss like that, it's a quad three loss. And now Utah State has multiple quad three losses. New Mexico started the season nicely, but in the Mountain West play, especially over the last two months, they've been atrocious. We talked about this on Friday. This isn't a must win. It's a can't lose. And they lost. (laughs) But at the same time... I forgot you said that. But at the same time, Utah State was getting votes in the AP polls. They were getting more... Uh, discussion in the consciousness of those who try to project these fields because they were looking back at their full body of work and saying, yeah, look, Utah State scheduled well. They played well in the non-conference. They were picking up wins. They were doing still a nice job in their conference. But, Ajay, I, they have to be in the championship game this weekend if they wanted to go to the NCAA tournament. Does I think it, that maybe if they still would have won at New Mexico, they maybe have still been considered if they made it just to the, the semifinal. But I think they have to be in the in the championship game and have to play tough. I don't know that they necessarily have to win. I don't know that it's that far gone, but it's close. Here's my question to you. Not only do they have to get the championship game, does it matter who they play? For example, Eric, if they were to lose to San Diego State by eight, they're in, right? In the championship game. You could be play San Diego State in the in the conference championship game, you lose by eight. Are you in? I'm gonna throw the spotlight on you here. I'm gonna put uh, you in a tough spot. I by uh, you certainly cannot lose by double digits. Uh if it's even it is if it's a twenty seven and one basketball team, you can't lose by double digits. Uh yes. UNLV, if it's them, you have to win, right? Yes. Okay. If it's anybody, anybody but San Diego, San Diego State, State in the championship game, USU has to, to win. win. Okay. Because they're not going to send three teams from the Mountain West. Yeah, they that's, won't. That's asking a lot. So if San Diego State loses somewhere along the line and it's Utah State versus someone else, Aggies have to win that game. So then let me ask you this. Would you, are you rooting for San Diego State the whole way through? Not necessarily. Utah State has not been able to beat San Diego State. Yeah, but they can't. Well, I mean, they beat They've UNLV been able to at beat the Spectrum. Else. Yeah, but they, well, at the Spectrum. But you're asking them to play UNLV at their house, the Thomas and Mack Center, in a, in a conference championship game? Uh, UNLV's playing a lot better basketball right now. But I think I'd still rather have Utah State face them than the Aztecs. So here is what the bracket looks like. The Aggies, as we already mentioned, are the number two seed and will face the winner of New Mexico and San Jose State on Thursday night at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. New Mexico and San Jose State will play Wednesday at 2 o'clock Pacific Time, 3 o'clock Mountain Time. Uh, or excuse me, 3.30 Mountain Time, I should say. Fresno State and Air Force will open the Mountain West Tournament in the 8-9 seeded game on Wednesday uh, at 1 p.m. Mountain Time, Colorado State and Wyoming will wrap up the first day of the tournament in the 6-11 seeded matchup. You can guess which one's 11 and guess which one's 6 by your own math. 
Uh, and then the winners of the opening round will advance to the quarterfinals with the winner of the Fresno State Air Force game facing San Diego State as a reward. And UNLV Boise State, which should be an absolute dandy at 3 p.m. Mountain Time, uh, will be the midday game. Utah State will be in the evening game. And then, of course, in the late night cap will be Nevada as they get ready to face most likely Colorado State at 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Seven final games will be on Friday, March 6th. All those games will be on CBS Sports. And then, of course, the championship game will be held on the main mothership of the CBS uh, stations uh, on Saturday afternoon, by the way. It's an afternoon game at 3 o'clock Mountain Time. I'm uh, looking at the NCAA net rankings. Now, granted, these are still going to change uh, over the next week and a half, two weeks. But uh, Utah State is still a 38 in the net rankings. I- I'm really I'm really surprised that they're still a sub-40 in the net rankings after losing at New Mexico, which was a quad three loss. New Mexico is at uh, 148 in the net rankings, and they've moved up thanks to that win mm-hmm. over the Aggies. But... Um, Nevada has been moving up. They're at 86. Boise State's 95. Colorado State's at 102, and UNLV's at 104. So there have been some improvements in the Mountain West, and I think that uh, there's been some outside people taking another look at the Mountain West as a whole, at least the top tier. But Utah State didn't help their their cause or for the Mountain West. Um, but you know what? It, it's done. Games happened. Can't really change it. So, looking forward, Utah State, they've got to feel like, look, we just got our chance taken away from us. We gave it up. So, we got to go out there and reclaim it. Uh, they've got to play like their hair's on fire and they have to have urgency and desperation. They can't just go in there feeling like they're, they've got an okay situation for them. They've got to feel like this, there's a sense of urgency that if they want a chance, it's only in their hands. They can't leave it in anybody else's. Hmm. Uh, that's a great point. Uh, Eric, I worry about the mentality of this basketball team because, as we've already mentioned, Utah State on Thursday night will get the winner of San Jose State and the team they just lost to at New Mexico. Uh, but on a neutral court game, do you have more confidence in Utah State being able to get a win against New Mexico if that's who they face? Oh, I would relish for Utah State to face New Mexico. Really? I think they have a big chip on their shoulder. Uh, they, they'd want to punish them. And uh, and play with more urgency. What game of the and they'll fir- have some of their more they'll have some of their fans in the arena sure. for that game. What game of the uh, I guess we'll go first day slash quarterfinal games are you looking forward to? Fresno State Air Force is 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 one of those games. Uh, Boise State UNLV is a Thursday quarterfinal matchup. That's the one. That's the one you want, man. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm really intrigued by this one in so many ways. If UNLV gets by Boise State, That's that San Diego State team is begging for Boise State to win that ballgame. They do yes. not want to see the Rebels at their house. Yeah, again, they don't they don't want to see it. I think They're, a lot of people are cheering for yeah, Boise State. Exactly. UNLV is playing. So they've got some momentum on their side right now. Uh, and then, of course, you know, one game I'm actually looking forward to, I'm kind of hoping to see, I know it's a future matchup on a Thursday, Nevada-Colorado State really intrigues me. I think Colorado State's got the size to give Nevada some problems. I don't know if Colorado State beats them, but I think they give them a headache more than they're expected to get. Hey, hey by the way, how was it that Utah State got the tiebreaker over UNLV? Uh, so that was based on head-to-head, con- well, not head-to-head, excuse me. they split. Common opponents. 
Because UNLV beat San Diego State. Yep, but Utah State lost to them, but then UNLV lost. Oh, you just had to ask me that right now. Did they lose to Nevada? Yes, I think they split with Nevada, I believe. I'm not mistaken. Because it was a three-way tie for number two. Yes. Uh, Give me one sec. I I freaking looked this all up just in case I was going to be asked this, and now I lost it. (laughs) I knew you were going to come with it. I I, I, should have been ready. Uh, You asked about UNLV, right? Yes. So they lost to Boise State, who Utah or Utah State split with, and that was their only loss. They didn't actually did they play? They didn't play Boise State the rest of the time. Well, they played them one time. Yep. And so we had the one win. They have the one loss. Now they had the one loss versus San Diego State, and they have the one win. So then you have to move over. They also lost to Colorado State, who we uh, who we swept. We beat Colorado State there and beat them here. And they lost both times to Nevada. Yep. Okay. We only had to play them once. All right. There, so you, so what you do is you start San Diego State and you just keep going through until there's an odd number there, and that's that was the odd man out. There's a couple of them. So, so yeah, it was uh, San Diego State finishing 17 and one in conference, then Utah State, Nevada, and UNLV all 12 and six, Colorado State and Boise 11 and seven. So, really close race to the end. I mean, the fact that Utah State had to rely on some down the line tiebreakers. For them to still finish second is uh, a lot of luck for the Aggies. That's a great point. How you? Uh, we'll hear from. I think we'll hear from Craig Smith tomorrow. I think he'll have a presser just before they head off to Las Vegas. What would uh, if you're talking to your kids? If you are Coach Smith, I want to put you in his shoes. What are you telling your kids about this Mount West tournament? Hey, look, we're the two seed, but anything goes. Or, you know what, we have our work cut out for us because we now we have to get to the championship game. Do you even mention that? I think you, I would think you tell them, look, we've got an uphill battle here. Yeah. If we want to make it to the NCAA tournament, if we want to win this tournament, forget about the NCAA. If you want to win the Mountain West Conference Tournament champions and be repeat champs in the conference tourney, we've got, we've got their work cut out for us. You have to have sense of urgency. You have to be able to close out games. And there's going to be some tough competition. UNLV on their home court. San Diego State with only one loss all year. It's it's going to be tough. I mean, even Nevada, New Mexico travels really well. They'll be tough. So there's a lot of challenging matchups for USU. I think they can get through it. But I think it'll be a lot easier if they don't have to face San Diego State in the championship game. A quick note of thought uh, here as the uh, 2019-20 All-Mount West team voted on by the media, uh, their release, they have released their awards for the Mount West Conference. Namiz Keta, surprise, surprise, repeats as the winner of the Defensive Player of the Year. Sam Merrill's on the first team. Keta and Justin Bean make second team. Your Player of the Year, go figure. Malachi Flynn, who had an absolutely heck of a basketball game against Nevada on Saturday night. And then, of course, Sangua State's Brian Dutcher wins Coach of the Year uh, with only one loss on the resume for the 2019-20 basketball season. Colorado State's Isaiah Stevens was a freshman of the year. And Nevada's Nizray uh, Zazua was a sixth man of the year. Now, there were 11 votes with one representing each team area. Voters were voted on the event, uh, voters voted on the individual awards and then listed the top 15 players for a first team, second team, and third team. Now, anyone receiving a vote and not ending up in the top 15 is considered an honorable mention. Eric, is that how our votes go coming up on uh, Saturday, or excuse me, on uh, this week when the votes are released for the Mount West Conference? Do you see it staying about the same? 
from the from the conference itself. Y- yes, sorry, from to, what, the, the official the on? official ballot and awards. Uh, probably not much different. No, I don't know that there'd be much variance from what. Uh, that sounds about how I would have put it together. Would have expected it to be put together. Uh, by the way, Ice Zebra just tweeted at me, and he wants to know, Eric, uh, while he's listening to the show here on 106.9 The Fan, why was Brito handling the ball to point guard at the end of the game? Sam was up until the last three minutes of the game. So he wants to know why Brito was playing point guard instead of maybe Sam. The The, the problem with this is that Sam's going to get doubled, and I mean, they're going to pressure Sam. The thing about New Mexico is they throw a press at you that is just horrendous to have to deal with. It is a pain in the backside. Uh, and I, I feel like if you allow Sam to be able to roam around, to be able to get to the ball to open space and then get the ball, I think that's that's the more conventional or the more desirable way. Uh, Brito usually, for, for the most part, has been a for sure ball handler. Now, Boise State and New Mexico, things got wacky. Uh, but I, I do. I trust Brito with the basketball more often than not. As crazy as it is to say, he's a veteran. Uh, I have no... I really don't have trouble with Brito handling the ball. But the problem is, is the lazy pass that he made that resulted in a st- uh, a throw down dunk on the other side of the court was not a good pass to Sam. Sam was being harassed too. Pass should have never been made. The ball should have never been picked up on a dribble. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I mean, there uh, bad passes happen sometimes from even good players, but. Uh, Abel Porter was out of the game. Uh, Diogo Brito is your next best option for another ball handler on the court. There are going to be times where they're going to blanket Sam Merrill to try to deny him the ball. Which Someone else did. has to be able yep. to to initiate the offense. And that's I'd rather have Diogo Brito doing that than Justin Bean or Brock Miller. So he's the next best option. He absolutely should be on the court and handling the ball at times. If if Abel Porter's out, he's your guy. Did you see? Have you had a chance to look at the uh, the flagrant two? No, I haven't seen it. Uh, not a good foul by Abel. Uh, you either got to just reach, slap down, and hopefully you hit the ball, or let him get the dunk and just move on to the next play. Uh, I at first defended him, and then I went and rewatched the game, and I said, "Nope, it's a flagrant two, without question." The crazy part is, is he actually hit the ball before he hit the player, which I think was Vance Jackson, if I'm not mistaken. He hits the ball before he hits the player, so that's where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, we're good. But then you watch it again, and you think, no. And when you look at the rules, and you look at the way the game is being ref these days, now that's just, it's not going to work, not going to fly. Uh, he's got to be smarter. He's got to be more careful. But like I said, I haven't seen it, but still, in a, in a tight game, you have to keep your emotions in check. You got to play smart. Easier said than done, I know. Especially in a game like that. I mean, attention's run high. Absolutely. All by right, got to take. Go by ahead. Way, I just want to say this. Yeah, so we mentioned uh, Joe Lunardi with uh, ESPN. His bracketology has Utah State playing in the first four as a 12 seed. Jerry Palm with CBS also has Utah State in the first four, but as an 11 seed, mm. currently facing. Texas Tech. <laughs> uh, of course. <laughs> Interesting stuff. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, hey, not the uh, Aggies weren't the only ones that have to uh, go through Heartbreak Hotel. 
Skyview checked in and then checked out solemnly after a loss to Dixie in a really tough, tough loss in a game that the uh, Bobcats and Coach Hiller and his squad battled immensely versus a really good Dixie basketball team. We'll recap that game. We'll also recap what happened in Pixit. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. AJ Salves and Eric Franson here on the Full Court Press 106 on FM 1390 AM of the Fan. Very short and show today. We've got about 19 minutes left as we get you ready for the Jazz and Cavaliers. Jazz begin uh, a East Coast swing trip. East States swing trip. I don't know, Eastern Conference swing trip. There you go. That sounds probably a little bit Against better. a lot of bad teams. Yeah, uh, but that really hasn't seemed to matter. No, uh, but this is, this is a chance for them to regain some ground. Right, and to uh, regain some momentum. As there's been a lot of separation happening, Jazz were a, a, a real threat of falling into seventh place yeah. if they didn't ca- get past Washington. Unreal. Uh, we'll get to the Utah Jazz Cavalier stuff in just a moment here, but uh, of course we got to look back on uh, what was a really successful season for the Skyview Bobcats, but ends up, Eric, in heartbreaking fashion. Sorry, I'm looking at this Bill Sprout story. Say that again. Oh my gosh. I was- uh, <laughs> you couldn't have done that during like the seven hours that we were all... I- I know. Uh, <laughs> it's a great, great. Read, it is. By the way. If you haven't had a chance, go to is at midmajormadness.com. Uh, they have a great story on Wild Bill, uh, his rise, his fall, and then his uh, his effort to rise back up. And uh, it's a detailed story, by the way. Uh, make sure you are take caution when you read it. Uh, have an open mind to it. And and understand what uh, this uh, Aggie legend really has uh, has gone through. It, it, it's good stuff. Uh, Skyview Bobcats, Eric. They uh, fall to the Dixie Flyers in the Forest State Championship. Uh, even though Mason Falslove just was incredible, behind twenty two points from the young man as he finishes off his career. The Flyers win at sixty two fifty nine to win the school's first state title since two thousand sixteen. Well, and he did that before being fouled out with like three or four minutes to go. Yeah. Uh, he really struggled with foul trouble. Uh, really, in the quarterfinal game, he was plagued by fouls and was <laughs> highly limited. In the semifinal, he went off and he dominated the game. And he was doing some of that again at the championship, but the fouls kept coming at him. Uh, he is an aggressive player, and some referees don't like that style in high school basketball. They think it's intimidating and they don't think it's appropriate. And so... They get after players for doing that, and uh, they got after Mason Falslove, and so that was hard for him. And eventually, he fouls out with like three minutes to go. His team still tried to hang in there to make a go of it, but in the end, I mean, he is the best player on the floor. And um, I, 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 we posted the pictures, a photo gallery of the championship game, and I've never seen a, a runner-up team look so dejected and unhappy to take the runner-up second-place trophy. Oh, it's never going to finish second place, though, right? No. I mean, was it Vince Lombardi said second place is like kissing your sister? It's the first loser. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I actually like that better. Uh, yeah, but you know, but Eric, I mean, really, for Skyview, when they had a great season. I mean, all overall, they had a great, great season. Uh, they go through region. I think their lone loss was to Ridgeline, if I'm not mistaken. 
finished the number one team in the region. They finished the number one team in the RPI system. They just fit, they ran into a good Dixie squad who had some revenge uh, factor on their mind after last year. And uh, for the most part, you know, it's for Mason Faltzlip. I know this is a bad ending, but for Mason Faltzlip, he had a heck of a high school career. He did, and he's going to have. Uh, he he should have a nice career with the University of Utah. Um, he's a dominating player, a great defender. He can shoot the ball. He can attack the rim with ferocity. Uh, it's it's been a long time since we've seen a player of that type of caliber. We've seen good players, good shooters, great competitors, but I don't know if we've seen an athlete to the level of Mason Falsov in quite a while. Hmm. Because it, we've seen. We've seen aggressive guys. We've seen athletic guys, but um, he, he's a special player, very special player. And so it's too bad that he couldn't finish it off with the as, with a back-to-back championship. Um, but it was a great run by the Skyview Bobcats. They should still hang their heads high that they were number two in the state. Um, and um, yeah, it's just unfortunate the way that it ended and how it, how it played out. But um, good season overall for Skyview. Absolutely. Uh, have we? When do we release our ballots for the all-region team? So I got the last of them just here recently. So that will be revealed here very shortly. Oh, yay. I can't wait. Eric, what is to be revealed right now is our pick six. Are you ready? The full-court uh, press pick six for the week of February 27th. Eric? Oh, boy. I'm nervous about this one. Don't be. You won. Uh, Utah Jazz was, uh, this is one of the lines. Utah Jazz lose to the Washington Wizards by eight and a half points. We both took the under. Eric, Jazz win by ten. Throw a 1-1. Mike Conley, missed shots versus Washington. Line was set at six. I mean, sorry, line was set at seven and a half. He missed six. Still not good that he was that close. We both took the under. It's two to two. There you go, Mike. Jalen Harris points versus San Diego State. Line was set at 22 and a half. Jalen scored 24. Ooh. We both took the under, so we both missed on that one. Mason Fault to points versus Desert Hills. 19 and a half was the line. We both took the over. Mason hits 22. So it's 3-3. Three to three. Bojan Bajanovic points versus Washington. 17 and a half was the line. You took the under. I took the over. He puts up 21. Mm. So I'm leading by one. And then Brock Miller made three-pointers at New Mexico. Line was set at two and a half. You took the over. I took the under. He hit two. So what are you saying I won? You won. I know. (laughs) Jerk. So, Eric, I would like Hostess snacks if you got a chance. And I need them by tomorrow because I'm going to be gone Wednesday. Thank you. I look forward to it. Why do I even give you? You're just gonna throw whatever it is. You're gonna throw it in the garbage. No, 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 no. Disrespect. No, no, my gift. That's not true, Eric. No, no. I'll respect you if you actually put if you put effort into it. I put a lot of effort into those things that I put together for you. Okay, those. I had to weed through a ton of junk, and I found the gems, the diamonds in the rough. I put them all together in one nice package, and you basically pooped on it. Uh, Eric, look, you bringing out stuff out of Jenny's drawers and bringing it to me is not a gift, okay? If you would have brought me Jenny Christensen, I would have took that Those were gift. out of my own, the own cupboard that I was cleaning out for my stuff. Things that I had held on to, things that I thought, you know what? This is sports-related. Ajay should like this. 
And no, live on air, you throw it in the garbage and totally disrespect my gift. So I was going above and beyond trying to do something special because you had a perfect bracket. I even had a book in there about Wayne Estes. I still have that book somehow. A, A book about sports reporting in the NFL. A book about uh, the, one of the biggest upsets in sports history. What was that? I don't remember that book. You didn't it's get a Rulon Gardner story. Oh. And you threw all that away. Yeah, I'm not taking that book. Uh, a candy dish? Eric, I just want you to freaking go buy me a box of Hostess snacks. Can you, is it that hard? It is. No, it is not. But I think, you know what? He deserves something better. I'm just asking you to get me a box of Hostess snacks. I need it by tomorrow. Please. Thank you. By the way, we may not see each other for like five days. You may not be here tomorrow. Wow. And then I'm gone Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for Vegas to help with the Mount West tournament. We aren't going to see each other for like, holy cow. That's great news. Are you going to be okay? Because you're going skiing with your son tomorrow. Hopefully, you get a chance to go spend some time with your little one. That's awesome. Always a good time. He's not that little anymore. Well, he's he's still, he's smaller than me. So he's, he's still. Uh, Actually, no. He's, he's a little bit. Uh, so with that, Eric, uh, you're going to spend some father-son time, quality time tomorrow, which will be great for you. Celebrate your birthday officially now because, I mean, last time you didn't get a really chance to celebrate your birthday. No, it's true. So now you get to celebrate your birthday. It's, so not, it's you. not an official birthday celebration until it's on the slopes. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, I won't see you for a few days. So, yes, I need those uh, hostess snacks tomorrow on my desk early morning. Thank you. Appreciate your cooperation. All right, coming back, Eric, we're going to get to some Utah Jazz talk. And uh, we'll get you ready for the evening of basketball ahead. Other big college games going on as well. Hey, quick shout-out to the Utah State women's basketball. Nice oh, yeah, win. thank big you. Oh, my gosh, on thank on you. Sunday. 11-6 to six, uh, seed. And Aggies are the first women's team in Mountain West Conference women's basketball history to advance to the quarterfinals as an 11 seed. So kudos Never to the happened. Aggies. Yeah, how about Haley Bassett? 29 points just tore apart San Diego State. They got a tough one tonight, though, Eric, against uh, Wyoming Cowboys. And uh, that game's at 9.30, I believe, 9 o'clock, 9.30 tonight, late, mountain time. So... Uh, stay up late and support the uh, Lady Aggies. That's awesome. What a great, great win that is for them. So happy for the coaching staff and especially for Haley Bassett and the players. That's great stuff. I'll take a break. Coming back more of the Full Court Press. 106 NFM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and LJ Salson here on the Full Court Press. Hey, have you been walking, looking or stalking the Chicago Cubs Twitter account today? Uh, no. So, Rizzo, so on ESPN, Rizzo and uh, Chris Bryant were both mic'd up. <laughs> it was so freaking good. So, okay, let's start here. Uh, <laughs> uh, listen to this. This is Rizzo at the plate. And uh, he's talking with uh, Mendoza, who, by the way, Mendoza, she is wonderful with his baseball broadcasting. And uh, I believe it's... Uh, was it John Schiambi or something like that? Uh, good stuff. Listen to what Rizzo says at the very end of this clip. He's at the plate. Oh, come on. Why is it? Oh, oops. Hold on. Let me, I got to redo that. Hold on. Here we go. I pushed the wrong button. Try that again. 
I'm doing some math in my head. What are you going to throw? What do you got? I have no idea. <laughs> I wish I knew. Someone bang for me. <laughs> Is that good or what? Uh, it's it's going to happen all year. Yep. Exactly. Uh, oh, where'd it go? And then they also have where... Uh, so Chipper Jones is going to be joining ESPN's John Shiambi inside the studio and uh, uh, um, for Wednesday baseball games, including opening day, which is really awesome. Uh, well, let's go back to that same, that same at bat, right? He's still at the plate. Listen to this. I'm feeling a heater right here because I've only seen one today from him. Oh, oh, oh. I'm going to go to her. No, I'm not. Wow. That's good math. Nice work. I'm glad the math kicked in at some point. You did analysis and play-by-play, and you hit there. Fastball. And that was you at, your, that's at your chest. That's, uh, that's why I choke up there to get. Dude, he's so fun to listen. This is so fun having these guys mic'd up. Uh, and then they have a story. I got to find this here for you. They have a story with uh, Rizzo and Chipper Jones. Here's the first one. I'll, I'll, I'll share this with you. This is uh, Rizzo talking about the first time he, uh, or I guess when he used to watch Chipper Jones, former uh, great of the Atlanta Braves. Oh, come on. For the love of all that is good. Here it is. So, like, I'm sitting behind the uh, Braves dugout. I'm um, like seven. And I'm just, me and my dad are heckling this pretty famous switch hitter. Uh, <laughs> Who, by the way, is joining ESPN as a broadcaster. Nice. Chipper Jones will be, will, I'll be working with him opening That's awesome. day. So, go ahead, you're heckling so, him. Larry. Larry. Yep, exactly. Larry. Larry. <laughs> like, uh, every summer we go. And. Watch Gary Sheffield, one of my favorite players. You loved him, right? Loved him. War number 10. So I get, make my debut in 11, and Chipper Jones gets on first base, and I was just like in awe of just a short story. That's, that's uh, Chipper Jones I'm talking to you. I used to heckle you as a kid. <laughs> and actually, it was one of the coolest moments of my life. So, so he's sitting there on the mic, getting mic'd up, having his conversation, and then goes to cover first base on a ground ball hit to second base, and is still telling his story while he's making the play. It's freaking <laughs> incredible. Like, I don't know how these guys do it, but it's so awesome. Uh, that's fun. I hope they start doing that a little bit more in, in uh, ESPN's baseball. Uh, but there's a, and there's another story from Chipper Jones really quickly where he, uh, him and John Shiambi, and this is when Chipper was playing, and John had told him while in the film room, why do you always swing at first pitches? Like, you never take him. He says, because I don't know if I'm ever going to get a good, because I see one good fastball and that's it. I don't get one the rest of the bat. Well, the very same day, John Shiambi's calling that game on ESPN, Chipper takes the first pitch because John told him to. It's a straight down the middle fastball. Chipper steps out of the box and looks straight up to the press box where John's sitting and just starts cussing him out, shaking his head like, dude, I just took a fastball as a first pitch because I'm sitting in a film room listening to your fat self. I mean, he was just upset. But uh, him and Chipper and John together is going to be a really great play-by-play analyst. I can't wait to listen to them. Eric, we got about 45 seconds before we got to get a turnover to David Locke and Ron Boone, the Utah Jazz. Do the Jazz get things fixed on this road trip, yes or no? 
Yeah, I think they do. They're going to have a couple of chances here to do it against some really struggling teams that are still trying to figure themselves out. Um, I think that the Jazz made some nice adjustments against Washington. They're still vulnerable. I mean, again, another time, another game where somebody, one player just goes off. So I don't think that the Cavaliers or New York really have a player that can do that, though. Ron Boone, David Locke, turn it over to the Utah Jazz here on the Full Court Press. Good night, everybody.